busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. After our last conversation or two about wasted time, I had to come to a real talk moment with God. And I asked myself the difficult question of, do you have a hard time trusting God? Do you not believe that he's going to come through? Is that why your decision making and things of that sort is the way that it is? And immediately, I found my truth like a, a millisecond after that question was even posed in my mind. I was like, absolutely not. It's not that I don't trust. It's that the way that I looked at wasted time, what I was essentially trying to get to is, is it worth my time? And so I was like, hmm, yeah, that's way different. Because if my truth was I didn't trust God or I didn't trust it was going to pan out, I would have had that real talk moment and I just would have told the truth because I don't believe that you can go on masking a wound by just putting lotion over it you see what I'm saying I feel like the way to truly get freedom is with truth so if my truth was I didn't trust God I just would have came out and said God you know what I don't and if you could just help me through the Holy Spirit you know this is something that I want to rectify but the truth that I discovered for me was is it worth it because the way that I looked at time and I don't want to waste it and all of that, is it worth it? That's the question that I want to nod my head yes to at the end of my involvement in a thing. And immediately when I asked myself that question, I was like, you know what? Let me go back to the foundation because you know how we do. And the Holy Spirit led me to wanting to read about David. I swear, David and Goliath, you can get so many different meals from this one fruit Oh my goodness, it, I'm looking at this thing and I'm just seeing it in different ways in different times and seasons in my life. And I'm like, wow, I can't even just wow. Like like off back, this is not what I wanted to talk about, but off back, I've read 1 Samuel 17. You know that I read in the NLT version. And I'm going to just read you two, two to three verses that kind of had me like, time out. I didn't even look at it like that. Like real talk. So verse 8. So it's 1 Samuel 17 verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you only you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. Nine. If he kills me, then you will be your slaves. Then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Ten. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. 11. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now, just off of that little uh, ingredient alone for this whole meal is delicious. I looked at it like, time out. That's unfair. That's an unfair fight. Sir Goliath, a couple of verses ahead, they, will, they made him seem like King Cooper on steroids. Nine feet tall, his bronze helmet and his bronze coat and all of that weighed 125 pounds. Like they made Buddy seem like, listen, you get in the ring with him, sir, you're bound not to come back. Don't even tell your family and friends that you're fighting because anybody who's in the audience, anybody watching on TV, you are going to be embarrassed. Do not waste a pay-per-view money. It is, it is a one and done. Don't even, don't even try. But my thing was, I'm sorry, who gave Goliath the control to make the decisions? 
How you going to look at an army and say, why y'all all coming out to fight? I'm the Philistine champion. You are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man. So you were able to outline that this is unfair, but you wanted it to remain unfair. You were able to let them know y'all all shouldn't come out to fight me. And I'm sorry, Saul in the service, y'all listened? Let me talk to you about an unfair fight. <laughs> okay. Um, no, sir. You don't get to make the rules up. We all because if we all stood on each other's shoulders, okay, one of us will reach nine feet. So we all gonna have to it, it's just gonna have to be what it is. Like who how you come out and have that type of negotiating? That form of negotiating was whack. I'm so glad that Saul wasn't negotiate of nothing in my life because it would have looked a lot like, I'm sorry, he's nine feet, but he don't want all of us to come out. And he understands that we're only the servants of Saul and that he's a champion. And so what he wants is one man to fight the champion. Now, mm -mm, that don't make no sense to me. Um, Robbie, Bobby, Ricky and Mike. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we coming out like the West Side Story. All, no, you getting all these hands. You don't get to choose how you're going to get these hands, sir. <laughs> That's like somebody in a fight going, uh-uh, why you choose the big girl? Don't choose the big girl with the hands that has the uh, accolade to knock out anybody in the hood. Give me the small one because I'm the adult. I'm sorry. What? So so that was just an example. Just real talk. Like, you see how when you read it, you like, wait a minute. I didn't even catch that. Right. Because in different seasons, you see different things in the Bible. That's why I love it. That is the living word. But let me get you to the neck of what I called you for, like, like the seasoning, it, it, it gets better. All the ingredients, I'm telling you, it's delicious. So same chapter, 1 Samuel 17, but we're going to go down to verse 14. I'm going to jump around, but I'm going to tell you the verses that I'm at because I need you to get to what I'm trying to get to. You understand? So verse 14, David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, 15. But David went back and forth so he can help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem, 16. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. 17. One day, David said, J Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and 10 loaves of bread and carry them to your brothers. 18. And give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. Um, keep this in mind. Verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for battle for the battlefield with the shouts and battle cries. 22. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Time out. Press the pause button. Press the pause button. Yeah, yeah. I almost want to make a, uh, a spiritual estimation, guesstimation, if you will, that this was not the first time that David heard Goliath taunting. We just read that David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul. But 15 says David went back and forth so that he could help his father in Bethlehem. 
And I feel like the Bible strategically places things the way that it is. Because after it said that he was going back and forth to help his father with the sheep, it says for 40 days, every morning and even the Philistines shot it in front of the Israelite army, right? And then that's when the next day his father went ahead and said, David, I want you to bring down these Uber Eats, little crackers and cheese situation with some Capri Suns, however that looks, and go ahead and see how your brothers is doing. And then verse 24 literally says, or verse 23 says, the ending of it, as he was talking with them, meaning his brothers, that Goliath came out and the last sentence said that David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. That low-key makes me believe that David heard this taunting before. But then something happens between verse 24 and 27. So 24. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. 25. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. 26. David asked the soldier standing nearby, What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? 27. And these men gave David the same reply they said yes that is the reward for killing him let me tell you something about assessing something's worth assessing the worth we are going to talk about looking at a thing and then confirming in your heart and your wiring and everything that you know about you you're going to be able to answer the one question that is a life-changing statement is it worth it now, we know the uh, the young deaconess, Missy Elliott, she put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. We, so you, you, it's, it's a scripture on earth, too, okay? Is it worth it? Let me flip it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Okay, but stay focused because you know I like music. But look, is it worth it? I feel like the reason why the Bible states that they told him, did you see him? But this is what somebody gets if they do it. I feel like the very reason why David asks again, what will a man get? I think at that very moment in my own spiritual little TV, I feel like David was looking at Goliath like, huh. Let me see, say that again. What would somebody get? It's almost like going to a shoe store. And you know how you see a pair of shoes and you're like, oh, these are dope. And do they have them in my size? And you put them on and you're like, how much are these? And you walking around in it. It's not that you didn't see the price tag the first time. It's not that you've never seen these sneakers before because you probably was eyeing them, you know, if you wasn't window shopping, you was eyeing them online. It's the fact that you're trying to calculate in your mind is this next move, this next expense, is it worth it? So in my head, that's what David was doing, the way that somebody would with a pair of sneakers. It was like, hmm, oh boy right there. I'm sorry, what do we get? Cool. Um, so here's what we getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to go out there and um, handle my business because it had to be a level of worth. Because the Bible says that David left his sheep with another shepherd to go tend to his brothers the way that his father asked. So leaving his sheep temporarily had to be worth it for him to go out there 
and see his brothers and, and chop it up real quick, right? There was a worth. It was worth it to say, okay, I trust mm, this shepherd with my sheep temporarily for me to go out to my brothers to do this Uber Eats situation. It was worth it to go ahead and talk to his brothers for that moment in time and be like, you know what, I'm going to have to leave you because I have a, an assignment that's bigger than this Uber Eats situation and I need to go back and, and tend to that sheep. But then now it was a new calculation being added to the equation it was like wait a minute okay so this next thing is saying y'all gonna give me a shorty as we stay in new york so i'll get a wife and then y'all gonna save my whole family some money let me see your boy again nine feet 125 pounds that's what his arm is weighing okay okay um yeah i'm good on it i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go ahead and make that happen and the fact that he had to calculate that. I now see why he had to do that. Because every verse after that was somebody trying to take away what he already deemed worth it. But you're only a boy. Well, where's your little shepherd? Like, really read the following chapter verses, rather. You would be like, bruh, he said he would do it. Y'all was sitting there for 40 days and 40 nights and you didn't do anything. And now you have David out here that's like, I already factored in that this is worth it. Let me go ahead and do that. You know what that reminds me of? When I wanted to come to Georgia, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Now's the perfect time. Let me go ahead and just go ahead and do it because if I wait for the perfect time, that time is never going to come. So I'm going to deem now the perfect time. And when I deemed it, I'm talking about U-Haul packed, um, location already secured in Georgia. I still had people saying, you sure you don't want to wait? You sure you don't want to, but, but, but you know, like down there, like it's, it's overcrowded and the jobs and you don't get paid and everybody has something to say about something that I already deemed worth it. When you're making life decisions, I feel like the Bible gave an extremely excellent display in that, in this chapter alone, you better make sure that you're worth it is sealed and locked for you because people will come around even with good intentions and ask you questions that if you are not sealed and confirmed and cemented in that decision they will have you like you know what now that you said that I don't know because you know what and I wasn't even going to do this but let's go ahead and look at the next verse so <laughs> the the very so 27 and these men gave David the same reply they said yes that is the reward for killing him, right? That's what we left off. 28. But when David's oldest brother, Elip, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. Where are those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. It's like, bro, your youngest brother said, you know what? I got you. And you like, you don't really have us. What you doing over here anyway? Time out, sir. Time, time out. You understand? With dating, you ever been really excited about someone? And you like, man, this could possibly be something. And then someone comes with some news, like, you know he used to date such and such, right? Yeah, but you know she used to mess with such and such. Yeah, but you know she used to live in that part of town, so you already know what they're about, right? But something in your heart. Even if it didn't make sense to anybody else, something in your heart was like, but I want to give it a chance. Real deal, pause real quick. I want to give you a real life example. And it just came when I heard myself saying it. When years back, at least 
10 to 15 years ago when someone that I knew started dating this guy that she liked, she had to go ahead and make the decision of, do I date him knowing that he dated someone that she is close to? But the relationship wasn't nothing deep. It wasn't nothing that's like, oh, how you going to do that? And, you know, they used to go to family barbecues together. It wasn't nothing like that. And then after having the conversation with friend, friend was like, mm, I mean, it was some time ago. It wasn't really that serious. It wasn't that big of a deal. I am so glad that that friend went ahead and overlooked that. She is now three kids in, a whole marriage, hap happier than ever. And it's little stuff like that. That it's like you really got to make sure that your mm, is it worth it is actually cemented. It has to be. You have to look at a person and say, yeah, I know your past, but are you worth it now? Because I wasn't back there when you were making those decisions. And if I was back there when you were making those decisions, then maybe you wouldn't have made them. But here now, currently where we are, is it worth it to even see and explore your heart, see where this goes, and kind of see if you just may be my life partner? That's why some people don't get married. Because to them, marriage isn't worth it. It isn't worth it having someone that you're tied to for the rest of your life. You know, that's some people's perspective. Their perspective on marriage makes marriage not worth it. And that is why you have to be very careful when you're sharing your heart's desires with people because people will make your heart desires look like, why? I'm sorry, that's great value plan. <laughs> that's what you wanted? You want a no-frills plan? That's what you want? You want one person for the rest of your life? That's what you want? You want a legal document that tells you you can't leave someone and if you do, you got to legalize that. And, and you just have to be like, you know what? If I had that perspective, I would probably make the same decision that you made. But the perspective that I have and the desires of my heart, marriage is worth it. The desires of my heart, children is worth it. It may not look like it to you where you're like, yeah, but they expensive. And then, you know, it's stressful and then sleep. And then, you know what? Actually, with that perspective, I will be on the same boat with you. But according to how I want my legacy set up. You feel me? The according to how I want the rest of my life to go, according to how I see the greatness that I can pour into another future generation, not just a child, a whole generation after me. I'm sorry. It's worth it to me. Job decisions. There are some people right now that choose not to go in management because they like, mm -mm, nope, it is more responsibility. I'm good. And y'all don't get no overtime. Y'all get this thing called comp time. <laughs> with mm -mm, I, want, I want everything that I do over to be transferred over uh equated over to some dollar amounts I don't care nothing about no comp time they don't do nothing for me and what I'm trying to do in the stores okay no thank you and so there are some people that make the just decision like no I'm not going to increase my title just for increased stress I'm not doing it I'm just not and and, and with that perspective it very much makes sense getting in shape <laughs> There are some people that look at stuff like, listen, I am not becoming a rabbit just so that I can get into that size, fill in the blank. You understand? Is it worth it? And so the people who do decide to diet, to exercise, to do the brisk walk. And again, exercise don't have to be there and two for 15 hours. Like I know some people like, listen, that burning sensation, getting up sore, all of that. I don't like it. I want to be comfortable and in shape at the same time. How do you get there? Hmm? 
No. Yeah, but I'm I'm not doing however many days a week in the gym. I'm not reducing the things that I love to eat. I'm not, and that's okay. Your perspective has told you that making that decision, making that commitment, it just isn't worth it. And that's okay. But please understand that everything that you get tied into, understand that how you view it, your perspective, and if you say it's worth it, that equates to your level of involvement. I love the fact that we have free will and that we don't have to do anything. But it is wisdom to gather information to see if you should get involved with the thing that you want to get involved in. Is it worth it? A lot of your decision making right now this minute would be clarified like never before if you were just to sit with yourself in a posture of honesty and ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth leaving this job to go ahead and try to jump to a new job because I don't like such and such? Is it worth leaving this job to go ahead and start entrepreneurship? Is it worth writing this book? Is it worth going back to school? Is it worth? I know someone that decided he was not going back to school. He was going to do another route of certifications and all these other things because when he totaled up the tuition for what what the degree would cost and how much increase he would get at his job just for having that degree. He was like, it's not worth it. I'm going to go to certification route. That's why no one, no one can feed you the fuel needed for the path that God has for you. You have got to connect to God and your heart's desires and whatever is worth it to you, God will give it to you. He will lay out those particular steps that are required. Because let me explain something to you. I want to go ahead and make a spiritual guesstimate and say, if David looked at Goliath, looked back at his brothers and Saul and them and was like, no, it's not worth it. I already have my assignment. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, my assignment, my sheep are waiting for me to come back to the shepherd that I told him I'd be right back. I'm not about to come out here and build a whole new uh, assignment. I got my sheep back here. I'm not doing it. I believe in my heart that if he would have deemed Goliath not worth it, it would have been okay. And he would have went back to his sheep and he would have been great with his sheep. And I don't think that God would have looked at him any kind of way. I believe in my heart that God would have gave him another opportunity just to, okay, is that worth it? Okay, is that worth it? And you know how I know that there are more chances if you don't deem it worth it? Because of Adam. Adam back in Genesis, the Bible says that God, you read it. The Bible says that God brought all the animals to him. After God said, "Mm, it's not good for man to be alone, he brought all the animals to Adam. And as Adam is naming uh, sheep, giraffe, hippopotamus, platypus, you know, he's naming all all the animals. He still was like, eh, still didn't find a suitable one. Now you think about a zoo. You think about the animal kingdom. Adam went through all of that and still didn't see anything that was worth being a part of him. And so God was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, um, go to sleep real quick. Let me take out this rib. Let me make this one man. And when Adam woke up, he was like, mm, there it is. <laughs> Blood of my bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. There it is. And I shall call, listen, you know what? Whoa, man. <laughs> Whoa. That's what it is. And that's why we're going to call her woman. 
So if God did that to Adam, if God did that for Adam and Adam didn't see any worth in any of the other creations that God had, God was like, you know what, bet, I know that's not even your heart's desire. I can see you not even excited about, you know, the ape. You're like, eh, kind of looks like us, but not that much. I'm not, mm, it's kind of hairy. I'm not really, I don't really want that. God is like, oh, so you want something that looks more like you, but where you can have some fun with? Cool. Let me create something brand new from you so that I can get the desires of your heart to manifest outside so you can see that I know what's going on with you internally so let me give you an external manifestation do you see that so I believe wholeheartedly that if Goliath wasn't worth it God would have gave David another chance to reign supreme and be and, and start his initiation to becoming king that's why it's dangerous to settle that's why it's dangerous to settle don't you dare get in a relationship and look at it like, well, I spent this much time with such and such, mine as well. Well, I always wanted to be married, but such and such doesn't look at what I always wanted a child, but maybe, you know, whatever the reason I'm not being. No, 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 no. You continue on the path to get what it is that you want and whatever you feel internally, you keep going until you see that thing manifested. I do not believe that God will give you a desire of your heart just for it to remain there I do not believe that if that's the case he could have kept the whole picture and the whole ideal of, of earth in his mind what good is it having something in your heart you being able to see it you being able to to envision it and it just stays there you were born from the creator, which means that you have the ability to create what it is that you see, create what it is that you feel and you go on to this thing called earth and you create it you don't see no desk on earth? Then you go into the forest and you create it with some trees, sir, ma'am. Oh, you want to write things down, but you don't really know. Then you go ahead and make it from the trees again. God will give you the resources for the things that you desire. What do you desire? Don't you ever let go of that. It is dangerous to settle. I'm so glad that, that Adam didn't settle in the garden. When he was doing right. I'm so glad that David chose for him what was worth leaving his sheep for. Because if you read up until that time, after the Goliath, that's where it popped off. It was like, oh, David is killing tens of thousands. And, and, and they made it seem, just let it be known that he was better than Saul. We might as well go ahead and get this boy some, uh, some clout. That's what initiated and sparked that path. But I'm glad that he didn't spark a path. That he really felt like ah, wasn't really worth leaving my sheep for. That wasn't really worth leaving my job for. Man, that wasn't worth leaving my marriage for. <laughs> we need to go ahead and wrestle there for a little bit. There's some people who looking at some side chicks, some side dudes. You better start asking yourself, is that one little uh, Bathsheba moment? Is that one little Samson and Delilah moment? Is it worth it? Because let me explain something to you. As good as Bathsheba looked, David lost a lot. He lost a child because Bathsheba got pregnant, but she lost that child. Sansom lost his strength behind Delilah, knowing that she wasn't nothing but a ratchet. Okay? Knowing that he wasn't even supposed to be entangled with that. You lose when you don't identify properly. Was it worth it? Was it really worth it, David? 
with the Bathsheba situation some years later after this Goliath? Because David wanted so bad to build God a, 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 a palace. He wanted to build the, a house for God. He had a passion for God that was like, here I am living in a palace. I don't want you just being in the ark, just little box. I want to build something great. And God was like, you know what? I see your heart, but I also see that blood on your hands from what you did with Bathsheba's husband. So you can't do it. Don't you dare make any steps in your life, any decisions in your life. Don't you dare do anything that's going to leave you with a desire that is unfulfilled. I wish I could be able to talk to David and say, let me ask you something on a scale from 1 to 10. How bad did it hurt you that you couldn't build the palace for God? 10? Mm. So now looking back, um, you know, hindsight, because that seems to be some hard-headed people's greatest teacher. So with hindsight, was Bathsheba worth it? Was that one night, that one afternoon of secretly getting off, like, was it worth it? And I almost guarantee that David would be like, mm-mm. Honestly, no. Out of all the wives that I had, <laughs> no. I, I don't, not at all. So my challenge to you is, Whatever decision that you're getting ready to make in your life, good, bad, and different. It don't have to be scallywag, you know, material where you're like, no, nah, nah, I wasn't thinking about stepping out and doing nothing crazy. No, not that, but just even the good things. Trying to get a different promotion, trying to get a different job. Want to go ahead and get that house right now. Mm, did God say right now? Does your finances look like right now? Did you set up yourself where that opportunity will be a blessing or a burden? Oh, you want to get that new car now? Mm. You want to start dating now? You sure you don't want to take off that residue for what that last situation did to you? I mean, I know you still believe in love and you still love love, but um, now? Hmm? Yeah, now is not an opportunity if you haven't been preparing for it. Let your now be later if you are in a preparation mode. You see what I'm saying? And have a humble assessment of yourself to be able to determine whatever decision you get ready to make, is it worth it? And I pray that that continues to echo in your soul where you're like, you know what? Is it a decision? Hmm. Pause. Let me see. Because I had that very same, now that I can think about it, that very same thing happened to me right before I called you probably a couple hours ago. I had a job offer that I was waiting for that for whatever the reason they were like slow poking it. And so I went ahead and just chose another job because after I dissected the worth, I'm like, mm, at this moment in my life, a job is worth it to me if it has growth potential, both in what I'm doing and financial. And what are the long, long term advantages of taking a job? Because after a certain age, a job isn't it. Is it your passion? Is it something that you want to wake up Monday morning and get dressed and go to? You see what I'm saying? And years from now, would you be like, man, I wish I would have done and then fill in the blank. To me, I'd rather you go ahead and invest a decade plus to go ahead and say, I'm going to put this aside to go ahead and make sure that after this decade, I can say that I did everything that I wanted to do to live the life that I want to live. And so when I had the lady call me and say, hey, you want this position? I'm so thankful that that wasn't a stutter conversation. It wasn't like, um, 
Can you give me 24 to 48 hours to go ahead and make this decision? Because I had already laid out, I'm not choosing that job when and if they ever call back because I, the job that I'm taking, it's already the ceiling. There is no other, that was one of my questions in the interview, which we need to start asking more questions like that. Okay, so what does promotion look like? Is there another level? Is there another? And their question, their answer was, no, you actually have um, the highest position that, this particular department offers. And so that was one of the decisions that I had to factor in when I was like, mm, nope, because when I put that equation in, it doesn't equate to what the life that I want to see. And one more thing. Have you ever heard of this Christian rapper named Toby? I don't want to mess up this man's last name. I think it's Nguengue. Mm, don't even. But he's the Christian rapper who makes purpose popular and I saw a clip the other day and I was like oh my goodness this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about he literally said during an interview that he made the commitment to himself and said he was going to be consistent in rapping and putting out content and doing stuff every week he said he was going to do that for 10 years he said that if after 10 years he did not see the yield that he wanted to see from it which was making purpose popular and that he wanted to be global he was going to sit it aside and say you know what I tried and he was going to walk away and he is able to now look back and say it was worth it it was worth putting in a decade to see what would God do with my consistency for a decade if I go ahead and put this in on a front end what would God manifest that to how beautiful is that? Do we even make commitments like that anymore? And as a matter of fact, on a smaller scale, what are we willing to put into something to say that it was worth it? Because after 10 years, let's just say it didn't work out. Would he have said I wasted my time? You, and that's probably how I would have looked at it earlier on in my life. But you know the season that I, I'm in now, how I would have looked at it is at least he won't have to live with a what if. I want to live a life that has no stone unturned. I want to know that I did everything, that whoever I said I wanted to love, that I pursued, that wherever I wanted to live, that I pursued that, that whatever my dream car is, that I'm going to continue until that dream is manifested in reality, that wherever I wanted, wherever I wanted to vacate, that I want to go there. I don't care if I have to go ahead and save up for 20 years. We're going, and we're not going in debt. We're going, and we're going to pay cash, and that's how it's going to work out. Like, that's how I want us to live. Live a life that's worth it. You see what I'm saying? But if we don't get off this phone, we're going to be on for another 15 minutes because I just feel really revved up in the spirit. And this is a, a topic that I am absolutely positively passionate about. And I love it. I, I love it. I, and, and God is just putting people in front of me and things in front of me. I spoke to my chiropractor the other day and I just started going to. And I was just like, man, you look great for your age. She told me she was 56. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And she said, you know what the what the secret is? And I was like, what? Thinking she was going to give me some kind of like, mm, let me go to Kroger and see if they had that at my local grocery store. You see what I'm saying? One thing that she said, she said passion. She said, for 22 years, I have done something that I love. She said, I look forward to Mondays. And the reason why I have so many clients and so many patients is I'm treating so many people who hate their life, but they don't want to change it. Wow. Is that what you determine your life to be? The Monday blues, the Friday yays, the weekends was too short. Let's just do it all over again into retirement. That's a life worth living? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? But like 
I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that once we get off, I want something to rattle into your soul so that it can seep into your flesh. And you like, you know what? We don't want to court with my spirit. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make this thing happen. I don't know why I listened to this at this particular time or had this conversation at this season in my life, but I understand that there is no time and space in the spiritual realm and there is no such thing as coincidence. And if God wanted me to hear it now, then that means he wants me to apply it now. So I'm going to be a good steward over what I heard and I'm going to put action to it. That's what those conversations are supposed to do. That's what these conversations are intended for. But you know, when your phone rings, it's your favorite homegirl. Thank you so much for answering, but keep your phone nearby because you know it's going to be me in a little bit, okay? And I'll talk to you later. Later.